Uh, hi, everyone. Welcome to the show. Um, it's always fun when a guest comes back on the show because I assume that means they enjoyed their first experience. Um, we'll find <laughs> out in a second here. Dahlia Adler is an editor by day, a freelance writer by night, and an author, anthologist, mom, partner, and human at every spare moment in between. She's, uh, of course, the founder and sole operator. I think she's still the sole person there. Mm-hmm. Of, of, oh, God. Of LGBTQreads.com. <laughs> which has been and is still the single greatest online resource for LGBTQ books and authors. She's the author, of course, herself of a lot of books. Um, but for the purposes of today's discussion, I would recommend Cool for the Summer and Homefield Advantage. Wink, wink. She's the editor of a few anthologies now. His Hitty's Heart, That Way Lies Mad, sorry, That Way Madness Lies, and At Midnight, and the forthcoming Out of Our League, which I do want to talk about in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't come out till next January, and that was yeah. co-edited with uh, Jennifer Iacopelli. And I'm sorry if I screwed up Jennifer's name. No, that's right. Um, she can be found on all the socials, of course, where she wages war against the evil in the publishing world. And she's the <laughs> she's the arbiter of all that is good and pure in the publishing industry. We have no shortage of things to talk about. So welcome back to the show, Dahlia Adler. Hi, Dahlia. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I feel like I'm going to get in trouble today. You know, when you just have that, like. You're, 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 you're I feel fired like you're going to get me in trouble, but I'm you're, ready. You're I've been waiting up. for trouble all week. Good, good, good. Um, it's like almost, yeah, it's fucking crazy. I was, I was talking to someone earlier today, another author, and uh, I mean, I know there's this thing on Twitter, right, where it's like, what's this week's book drama? Like, it's oh, you can almost set your watch to it. But what? There's something in the water right now. Like, er, like there's so much craziness happening the past, eh, we'll say seven to ten days, anyways. Um. It's almost like a spin the wheel situation. It's like, what do you want to talk about? (laughs) (laughs) And it's all horrible. I mean, it's not, it's like, uh, not horrible, but definitely concerning, I think is a great way to put it. Some stuff is sort of evergreen, which we'll talk about, but there's a couple of new things, which I really want to talk to you about. Um, It's really important. As a socialist, I'm pro-labor and there's some stuff hitting, you know, that's coming that scares the shit out of me. Um, Well, thank you anyways for coming on. I really appreciate it. How are you otherwise? Good? um there's an otherwise i know i'm pretty good thank you i you <laughs> know book coming out in less than a month is always like an ad uh, time and i'm yep. on deadline for the next one and um yeah <laughs> and yes. uh, you know um, kids work books it's always it's always stuff and as pride month approaches you know that's obviously my heaviest blogging season so yeah um yeah. of course the book you're referring to is going by coastal which we w- will be talking about um in a moment here but um a little sort of tongue in cheek with the intro there, but it is true. I mean, you are, you are so great. Um, yeah. I think you're, you know, you're a mentor and not just when it's popular to do so, right. You are a 365 days a year mentor to, <laughs> to, you know, young and aspiring and up and coming authors. Um, you're so great at, uh, you know, helping people navigate the publishing industry, which is like, <sighs> It's fucking, <laughs> I don't even know. Uh, it's, it's, it's a business in every sense of the word. And, and if, you know, if you've been on this planet for longer than five minutes, um, you understand that like most industries, it's just fraught with just so much BS. And, and very often it's the people at the top that are benefiting from, from the labor market. And this is no different uh, in publishing. So you're so great at helping people navigate these waters and, 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 um, make sense of the madness and and I always appreciate it and I, I wasn't joking you are a great 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 person to follow online whether it's um 
the hellscape of Twitter, which you just are still fighting the good fight on, and uh, and and, and Instagram. <laughs> judgment. Yeah, well, and and Instagram and everywhere else. So, if anyone listening, if you don't follow Dahlia, please do. It's it's just she's. And she and I, I, you get nothing for it. <laughs> I mean, not really. I mean, you just, um, it's you just, it's it's a passion, I guess. Speaking of a passion, um, I've been told that being an author is just a passion, and the real work, the real, <laughs> the, the, the real jobs, the real work is happening on the agent side of things. Um, that's oh, funny. So you yeah. saw that, did you? I did see that. I did see that. That's such a, you know, isn't that, uh, that's so great. I never knew that about authors that you just did it because, you know, you, you didn't need healthcare or pay mortgage or, oh, or, or have a family to raise. Or... I mean, we don't get healthcare, so. <laughs> right. So, but I, you know, it just, it, it always struck me as it was sort of a job as well, but I guess not. Um, yeah, you know, what, me uh... too. It happened to be a job <laughs> I do on the side of another job, but it, it you know, did yeah. strike me. People, there's a really big distinction between writing and publishing, yeah. or even from right. the writing side that a lot of people don't get. Right. You know, people are like, don't you just do it for the passion of it? And it's like, I write for the passion of it. A ton of things happen between when I write and, you know, we're talking about writing what I want to write to my own specifications, to my mm -hmm. own desires, to me being my only critic. And, you know, what happens when you pick up one of my books off the shelf? There are infinity things in that space that are very much a job. If you don't know, you don't know. Um, so, you know, maybe somebody on the outside who's who loves reading books but that hasn't really bothered to take the time to understand the demand that's put on authors today especially more than ever um and there's more things being added to that list all the time because not mm -hmm. like because i'm a socialist and again i'm such a i'm such a fan of the distribution of labor like this i it's easy to romanticize the idea that oh writers write sure but <laughs> writers also have to market themselves are are at a desk sometimes hours and hours and hours a day emailing corresponding reaching out to people um there's so much more it's like writing is fuck it feels i don't, I don't even want to say secondary like some days it probably is the last thing you do you're probably more on the business side of the writing than you are on the writing side of the writing um a, a quick example of that is some this has changed a lot recently too um, and I'm, of course, I'm not going to name names, but I had an author reach out to me and asked if I wanted to be, um, you know, part of a, a campaign coming up. And they said they were doing this work. They were putting together a distribution list on behalf of their publicist. Mm -hmm. and, and great. Sure. Yeah. Wonderful. And. I don't like, what are you going to say? No, like, I don't like you're put, you, the, the point you is can say no, for the record, you can no, say no, no, you, you can. And I, and I, and I, and they, and you should, I guess, ultimately, but at the same time, it's like, what a, what a shitty position to put an author in. And, it's and it's nice I'm, that people come to you. I mean, it's, it's pretty great that people feel like you're a great resource for that. I no, I'm, I, I, for sure. And, you know, like in a, in, yes. a in a, in a sybaratic state, you're right. But, but, I can't help but think, God, you should be, I shouldn't be talking to you at all about this. Yeah, no, the clawing for your own coverage. <laughs> yeah, is yeah. Really... that's right. So mm -hmm. talk, have you seen that switch? As Have you? Yes. Yeah. So there's, you know, this varies a lot. Um, different editors work differently. Different imprints work differently. The biggest place I see this is um, because I run LGBTQ reads and one thing I do there is cover reveals. I'll have a lot of different people reaching out to me. So sometimes sure. it's an editor. Yep. It's 
I will say it's not commonly a publicist or marketer. I'm sorry. I'm very bad at remembering like who would be the one of yep. those two doing cover reveals. Yeah. Um, because my publicity and marketing people are often on the same emails for like everything. Yep. Um, but you know, it's often authors. It's sometimes editors who want to get, or even agents who want to get these things done for their authors that the publisher is not going to do, you know, that the publicity marketing team is not going to do every now and again, an editor will like really go the extra mile kind of, I don't want to say behind everyone's back because it sounds nefarious, mm-hmm. but like very above and beyond the scope of their job. Um, in this very nice way where they set up cover reveals or reach out because they want to send you an arc because they think that you, you know, will particularly like particularly like this book and I guess couldn't get you on whatever list um, or they just want to tell you specifically because they know you. Um, but yes, I definitely hear from authors a lot. And then I'm in, you know, author discord. So I hear what other authors experiences are like. I don't have my publisher telling me I need to be on TikTok. I definitely know other authors whose publishers are like, get on TikTok and do something. Yeah. Um, I would go nuts if that were me. Like one of my friends was like pushed to the brink and finally deleted her TikTok. She's like, enough. I have done enough. This is not my job at this point. Right. Um, and, and that is legit. <laughs> yeah. And there's 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 multiple sides to that, not least of which if you're not comfortable doing that, right? Yeah. Like I I'm not on I have a TikTok account and it's of course funny to watch stupid people doing stupid things. Oh but I will never post on there. Like I don't have yeah. the self confidence to, to post myself. No, I, the, I, yeah, rarely. I, you know, if I think of something because like I hear a trending sound and I'm like, oh, I know what I could do with this, but it's almost never my face. I truly hate being on there. I'm like, I don't want to put on makeup and hair just because people are going to see me. Yeah, but I'm not one of those authors who can just be like, look at me in my natural habitat and be fine because I am always in pajamas and always exhausted. Um, I, so, I'm wearing pajamas right now, just so you know. As am I. <laughs> um, <laughs> And I work full time, but I'm fully remote. So yeah, um, yeah. The the pajamas part is nice. Every now and again, if I have a face to face meeting where I will have to show my face, yeah. I will put on clothes. But otherwise, that's pretty limited. Yeah. Um. But yeah, there's a lot, a lot, a lot that authers have to do. Um. And it leads to so much burnout. Um, oh my gosh, And it's yeah. really hard when you see your publisher doing these things for some authors and not others. Mm. Um, that part, like, that's the thing. There's also an emotional component to your publisher not handling this stuff for you because they're obviously handling it for some people. That's right. Um, so, you know, that the emotional difficulty of seeing how uneven it can be, even within an imprint, even at the same editor can weigh on you and then make everything harder. So it's, it's, there's like layers and levels beyond layers and levels, um, so yeah, all that's pretty terrible. And it is great if you can have some sort of author network, you know, like I think every discord I'm in with other authors has like a promo channel where you or like, pre, please boost, you know, something where you can ask people, but like you're asking them to retweet or share an Instagram post. Sure. Like, what's it all doing? Who yeah. Knows? Well, that's the other issue too. It's, it's, it's the moving the needle part. Um, yeah, you know, because, because, because people dip, like, again, back to like the comfortability level, if you're the type of person that's going to, that's going to st- like really stress hard about posting a 10 second video on TikTok, like over the, like over, for like two days of stressing about it for a 10 second yeah. clip. And, you know, and then of course, and a part of you is the whole time is saying, why am I doing this? This doesn't matter. Yeah. That's tough, isn't it? That's hard. Um, yeah. The thing is, and especially I think with TikTok is where we most see this. Yep. It's like fan love moves in the needle right but self-promotion does not move the needle in the same way um, um and so having authors do this 
rather than have your having publishers reach out to you know target audiences is, and you know sometimes none of it works and sometimes all of it works <laughs> and sometimes surprises happen um you know, I, who knows but when you have advocates for your work especially at certain um you know if you have like a big book talker who's just going to follow everything you do and will always be on top of your next book yeah you're set right there but finding like a new advocate for your work is tough i mean yeah. i'm a i will say about myself I'm a pretty damn good advocate for some authors whose like work I know I consistently love and I read all of it. Yep. And then I always find as many ways to cover it as I can. And that, you know, makes a difference. And it's, I, it is absolutely, you know, awful feeling and not fair for authors who like cannot get me or somebody else who does book coverage, like interested in their work. Sure. Um, okay. There's two things I want to, I want to preface also by saying this is not like, a publicist bashing thing this is <laughs> no um, no no um, no publicists work damn hard we and know. i think that listen and, and big numbers are big numbers there's a lot of publicists there's not we need more because i, I talked to a publicist recently who's um tough to get a hold of just they themselves have over 250 titles oh my god now this is a uh, we can talk offline it's a it's a bigger ip um but uh no, it's still horrific. That's not that that, and then and then we're surprised. I, publicity yeah. is. I think publicity is wildly understaffed. I feel like yes, that's, that's what that's my point. That's that was my point with that one. Yeah. Yeah. And, and 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 by the way, a company, a large company that could afford more publicists. Um, so but, they use a lot of freelancers. I was yeah. looking through my email. I mean, it was yes. So part of this was I was looking up trying to find the publicist for a Harper Collins title, and there was a while, you know, where people were on strike. And mm -hmm. so everybody contacting me, none of whom I answered, um, right. was a freelancer. So I went looking for this title and I'm like, okay, yes, the last few months, obviously these are like random freelancers, but it was like going back two years. I did not have anybody working on that author who actually like worked at Harper. And I was like, oh. wow. Yeah. Um, I've noticed sometimes that. it's yeah. for their biggest titles, you know, where they want somebody who can be super focused. And sometimes it's, you know, shuttling off smaller titles. So I don't know exactly how they make the determination, but there's so much employing of freelance publicists that I'm just like, you clearly need more people in your company. Yeah. They're uh, overworked is, is the yeah. answer is the answer. Um, and it's, 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 it's bullshit. Um, and not only are they overworked, but like they get very little to absolutely no say about what they make it to choose which titles they work on, but not what's acquired. So right, like right. somebody's got to pick up those titles that nobody but the editor likes. And that's hard too. Right. What do you think about, uh, before we get too far away from TikTok, what do you think about TikTok publishing? I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> like I you can't talk it. about anything before you've seen a contract. Like no, you're some right. of these are, you're right. you know, some, some contract clauses are absolute non-starters and like my complete random baseless guess about something like TikTok publishing is that we're talking non-starter clauses and contracts. Yeah. Um, it, it always just, but you, you know, the first thing that pops in my head is, okay, so that tells me a couple things. It tells me um, that there's still money to be made in publishing, um, yeah. obviously, because you think, okay, so what share of the market are they fighting for? Obviously they've, they've run their numbers and they've decided that there's enough of that market share to where they can make money. Um, and also knowing what I know about TikTok, it's like their numbers and their analytics are going to be obviously influenced by the content on TikTok. 
And that's, yeah. that's scary. <laughs> it's going to be that's interesting a, how yeah. much it changes the algorithm with regards to books yeah. that are not TikTok books. Like does that's everything right. else gets suppressed. So I think that's the biggest concern weighing on people, especially who have successful TikTok books or potentially successful TikTok books. Yeah. I will say I can be at least a tiny bit optimistic about anything that has good editors attached. Right. I happen to know somebody who I don't know exactly what the affiliation relation is, but somebody who I think of as a, you know, good, respectable editor who is entering something in the TikTok publishing realm. And so I'm like, at least curious, at least okay. interested in seeing what happens. Okay. That's good to hear. You know, if they're, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, when, when I said earlier about some of the issues are just evergreen and one of the one evergreen thing that came up recently was the, uh, the arc stuff for reviewers. Um, you know, there's, yeah, I know the one author who put up, uh, and you are a, you, because this is great because you've got your arm in, in everything. Um, yes. and because you're on the, you're, because you're on the coverage, you're on the coverage side of things too. So of course you receive, right. you receive arts yes. and stuff. Many. Um, and then of course the one author who apologized or retracted their statement, but you know, I, I gotta tell you, I couldn't even watch any of it. I'm just yeah. like, I am so tired of authors inserting themselves into the review process we are out of ways to tell you to stop doing this okay that's so there there you go you, yeah. you could just that yeah. was that was the question what do you think yeah because this comes up this is not the first time we've heard this of course this comes, comes up, up so know, often and what is the point like there are a lot of big disappointments in publishing mm -hmm. i still experience regularly the disappointment of making sure somebody you know will love your book gets an advanced copy and then they don't even touch it yeah. It sucks. And you know what, though? I am also a person who gets arcs of books I am so excited about. But if they don't fit exactly into, you know, my reading mood, my schedule, my, you know, a post that I'm writing coming up, I can't prioritize it. And sometimes that means books I was dying to read when they were announced literally still have not gotten read by me seven years later. It's just what life is. And you can say, well, then you shouldn't be requesting them. But like, you don't know necessarily like what's going to happen what yeah i i don't i first of all i didn't know buzzfeed news was going to collapse so there was that yeah, so yeah, now every yeah. single heterosexual arc <laughs> that i had ever requested i'm like <laughs> i have nowhere to cover this um because all my blogging gigs right now are yeah. book related yeah um so you know things like that change but it's just you know my i figure like if I can't read it, at least if I have the physical art, I can post the picture on Instagram and somebody yep. will see it and maybe be intrigued by the cover or something. But I also, I don't, I don't stop thinking about books after they've been published. I like to talk about them later. Yeah. Um, I like to cover backlist. Now, will people let you cover backlist? Not as much, but um, you know, I, I mentioned backlist titles on LGBTQ reads all the time. So for me, well, they stay very relevant. Um, well, well, there's value in that too, because yeah. I mean, I would like, um, because of the way the industry works, the marketing thing, like you have your release week and then poof, right? Um, yeah. And the fact is, though, I mean, I was just talking to JL about her her mermaid book and um, Wings of Ebony earned out, just earned out. And that's like years. Um, and so that's on the ground, word of mouth, people talking about it. So there is there is a utility too keeping, you know, titles in the ether, I guess, is the best way. To I mean, it, not right? just yeah. that, but the way that Barnes and Noble and actual and the publishing industry are walk, are working now is like at completely cross purposes because publishing is still operating on this 
pre-orders are so important model, which by the way, is also fostered by Barnes and Noble now doing this regular pre-order sale. Mm -hmm. So there's that. Um, but they, you know, kind of do this thing where, yeah, like at max the week after your book comes out, like you have to be dropped for other titles. They don't come back and promote you again. Right. Um, however, now that Barnes and Noble is prioritizing paperbacks over hardcovers by a factor of like a zillion mm -hmm. paperbacks, because paperback originals are still pretty rare in US YA publishing. Yep. Um, you know, we're not getting so much shelf space. The shelf space does not have good retention. Like your book can sell super well in Barnes and Noble, but if it's hardcover, once it sells out, they will not reorder it for the right. most part. Right. Um, so it doesn't, <laughs> it's not aligning. Like you need to care about backlist because Barnes and Noble cares about paperbacks and your backlist is what's in paperback. Again, for the most part, there are exceptions to all of this, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, shout out to underline, shout out to source books, you know, the people who understand that paperback originals have a lot of value right now. And I really wish more publishers had picked that up. Mm -hmm. Um, I will say that with the caveat that paperback royalty rates suck and this can't change until that changes. So that's a problem too. Um, just to, you know, give a very TLDR version of the greater picture here, but publishing's thing where promotion stops at like a week and Barnes and Noble's thing of, we care about your book a year later when it comes out in paperback. If that happens, super does not align. And then on top of that, you have that publishing says, well, if your hardcover sales aren't strong enough, you're not getting a paperback, mm. which is just like your head could explode thinking of all these different things that are not even dominoes. They're like, it's like cars crashing from all different lanes on the highway. Right. Like, as as they continually raise the price of a hardback. Right? Yes. As prices go up, paperback <laughs> yeah. prices are going up too. Yeah, yeah. All my books now. But which like, are still cheaper, obviously. Are all $20. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so people who I know can't afford hardbacks, but will wait for the paperback because it is $5, $8 cheaper, $10 cheaper, whatever it is, are still overpriced, but cheaper nonetheless. Um, yeah, who are relying on that paperback release. But wait, time. there's more. If uh -oh. your hardcover is selling really well, they can do the same thing. <laughs> right, right, so, right, right, and right. that's what happened to me. Cool for the summer. Um, I, you know, was really lucky to have this this book do well. Um, and and I, you know, love that original cover. And then, you know, my publisher says the book is selling really well in hardcover. We're not gonna do a paperback a year later. We're gonna bump it another year. Uh. Then this whole thing happens with Barnes and Noble shortly after that, and the hardcover sales taper off because that's what happens. Um, and then, you know, within like a month of this conversation, I'm selling like five books a week with the knowledge that I have another year and a half before I can get back on Barnes and Noble shelves. Right. And then when it does, I lose my cover. I mean, my new cover is, is also like very cute. Yep. Um, I just, to me, that original one was just like iconic. Um, and I'm very attached to it. So this whole thing of like being in this two year limbo of not having your book on shelves because it was doing too well to get a paperback, but only for like five <laughs> minutes after that determination was made is like bonkers. But I'm so excited to get back on shelves. Um, I'm excited to see that cover in person and like forge a new attachment. It's really cute. Um, and it's the same illustrator as my going by coastal cover, Petra Braun, which is right. fun. I love having like multiple um, things done by the same person. So they yeah. feel really connected, but I, it's all and then, you know, because that was a two-year difference, home field advantage then has to be a two-year difference. Sure. Yeah. So at best, that's a two-year gap. So I, you know. I, I yeah. think we call that, uh, what, performance punishment. I believe that's kind of <laughs> 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 um, 
But what is it when you're also not performing? That well? <laughs> just punishment. Just punishment. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, God, the new leaf thing, I don't even want to get into. It's so complicated. Um, There's like you, nothing left to say about you, that. Anymore. You had some really, you you went off with some really great mid-query threads. So people look, search those out. They're really great. Um, new, this isn't the first time New Leaf has done this. Um, mm -hmm. uh, this. It's probably more common across the board than we realize. Maybe not on this scale, but um, it's, a, listen, it's, it's a fucking, it's a horribly, it sounds illegal, but um yeah. it's a, just a really shitty thing to do to an author mid mid query for sure um yeah. and uh the more the, the great thing about this is where like the author army can come out and and make sure these authors find homes one way or another and also i know you've said it and other people have said it do not attack current new leaf authors this has fucking nothing no, to do with really them. do yeah. not yeah, i yeah, found yeah. that mind-boggling on a lot of levels like was it Danielle was like getting like requests, statement requests? <laughs> like, like, that's insane to me. Yeah. Not just that, but like at the most basic mercenary level, do you really want, you know, you're complaining like all these bigger authors are being silent. Do you want them jumping into the query pool with all these authors? Yes, right now on that's, right. that's right. Is that what you want for them yeah. to leave the remaining new leaf? agents who you don't want anyone else to query so that's just agents dropping out and then join you want to go up querying against danielle clayton and victoria aveyard and marika and i go like is that what you want <laughs> but no look i think new leaf look i a zillion statements about their behavior i could you know yeah. i won't everyone has yep i think they are fantastic for this very specific level of authordom which is you know, if you've had an agent who wasn't necessarily bringing you to your full potential and selling you as well as they could, you're mid-career, you want someone sharky and business-minded who, like, knows how to deal with your backlist and going forward and see you as a whole career picture and everything. I think they're fantastic for that. And I begrudge zero of the authors who have that representation and are in that career stage for wanting to stay with that. Because to be honest, there are not many agents who handle it as well as that. And the agents that are, are filled to the gills with the other clients they have that do that. So, you know, I want those people who are happy being represented there to stay there and continue being happy represented there. And mm -hmm. all of the authors I am thinking of when I say this, or almost all of them, are queer, are trans, are of color. And it's also not a small thing for them to be comfortable with their representation there. Like, that's a real thing, too. So I begrudge nobody for staying there. Um that doesn't take away from the fact that this was in oh my god horrible move just thoughtless and cruel and everything um and i really really and, and they dropped great authors too is the very confusing part to me like right. if i were an agent i would be on that if i had room that's the thing no agents have room anymore and that's right. part of what's so cruel you're telling you're letting all these people loose to find new agents but like 90% of agents who can handle clients at this level are closed because they're already handling clients at this level. There is not a finite, no, there's not an infinite supply <laughs> of like good agents or agents who can, you know, handle authors who are already in the middle of their careers. And that part is also really, really tough. Like it's, you know, everyone loves to say to you, you're going to get snatched up in a second. I'm like, that's great. By who? Who has the time to snatch you up and add you to their list? And that's a whole other thing. I This sounds so fatalistic and I hate saying it, but I just feel like people are not thinking through, even at the most 
combination of mercenary and wanting the best for these authors level. It's it's a really weird fucking combination of yeah. it's a, a speaking from Newly's Newly's point of view. It's a it's a weird combination of it's a great problem to have and also a really shitty poor business model <laughs> like yes. for like for growth. Um you know, good problem to have as in if they're feeling confident enough that they can, you know, l- let go of all these great authors and the thing is they're their growth comes from their clients, right? Right. That's what that's I'm what saying. So that's, they that's are, why it's they the weird business They elevate authors yeah. very well. They right. should stop acquiring newbie authors. Right. I don't care if you see that they're going to be a superstar. Right. Lay off new authors. Right. right Just right. focus on the ones you have. Elevate the hell out of them. They will continue to make a billion dollars off the client list they have and just leave everybody else alone. Right. Stop bringing in new authors to drop them and stop bringing in new agents to drop them. Um. Speaking of big name authors, I was talking earlier about this thing. This 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 fucking story engine thing is for is driving me crazy. Um, so <laughs> really, thing after thing. Um, the 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 AI issue. Listen, it's a weird weird position where we all have iPhones, which are arguably one of the greatest technological inventions in the history of the planet. Um, and at the same time, we want AI to stay away from most creative endeavors and then and then other forms as well right it's like we with technology we always we need to find that sweet spot don't we between where it's applicable where it's safe to use where it's responsible to use but at the same time we have to protect the labor market right because as machines automation replace people on lines or digging ditches or whatever we have to make sure those people have other jobs to go to or are compensated whether it's universal basic income or whatever so yeah, I, I read this thing where actors are going to get to a point where you know their faces are scanned and then they just sell their they sell their likeness to a studio and they make an AI generated mm-hmm. film, right? Um, so the the actor will get paid a just a flat rate to give them their face, right? <laughs> and I'm thinking like, what a position to be in. So basically, yeah. get rid of a ghostwriter, bring in an AI that can now write a fucking long story, long form story, apparently. And just say, you know what, Dahlia, the name Dahlia Adler in a book cover sells well. Hey, Dahlia, what if we give you X amount of dollars? But we've already written the book. Like the machine wrote the book already. We just need your name. Like that's, that's fucking crazy, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. Like, yeah, I mean. And, and, I mean, and listen, if, a, if an idiot like me thought of that surely <laughs> right the evil board of you know <laughs> of the oh board. no this is coming yeah. this is yeah. coming all over the place yeah and the first people to be really excited about this is going to be everyone who has ever said the words i have this great idea for a book you should write yeah i right. mean yeah yeah that's what it is the people who yeah. think a book is a single idea yeah that you just need the physical time to write and then you know that'll be fine those people are going to use this those people are going to love this will those books you know how those books will be marketed or sold or whatever is a whole other who knows um how publishers are going to deal with this i don't know i feel so like i can't keep up with how much worse it's getting i'm in the middle of contract negotiations exponentially yeah for an anthology and like when i started this it's a new publisher for me which is you know weird because i've only been with mcmillan for all my books since 2019 um which I guess isn't really that long, but it's a lot of books. So it feels yeah. like a lot. Yeah. But, um, but I, you know, I, I said, I'm like, I really want written in there, you know, with regard to audiobooks, you know, no AI reading my audiobooks, human narrator. 
Um, and that was the only thing I thought to say at the time. And I wish I had thought to say anything about, you know, no using AI in the making of the cover. Like, I wish I thought that I didn't, you know, at the time, mm-hmm. not that long ago, a few months ago, the really big AI issue everyone foresaw was it replacing audiobook narrators. And I was right. like, I love my audiobook narrators. Natalie Nautis has done two books for me where she, I think she's like queen of the universe. Mm-hmm. Um, Mara Wilson is doing going by coastal, which just feels like incredibly lucky and exciting. Um, and general, they work so hard. They do such great work. And I'm like, you want to replace them with a machine? No. So I'm like, I'm standing up for that. Meanwhile, that was the tippy top of an iceberg. <laughs> I could not foresee coming. And it's only been like two months. I know. I didn't know there were 30 other things I should have had related to AI written into a contract. Um, but yeah. It's, it's cr- <laughs> and it's crazy too. I mean, there's one post today that you know, the, the long thread talking about this long form one. And, the, and it's it's crazy to me that they think off. it's, I get that they like it. It's their idea. Of course they like it. Um, but it's crazy to me. They think that authors will like it. Yeah. Like they, they think, think authors are, you yeah, know, yeah. that authors just want to have the idea and see it on paper. I'm like, who among us has not felt that way? But we know there is more to it than getting an idea on paper. Like, even if you let me input, this is what I want the theme to be. And this is what the characters look like. It is not going to be the same. And we know that. And everyone's like, who are these novelists that they employ? Because they said something about like using hundreds of novelists. I'm like, there are plenty of people who call themselves novelists who are novelists, but you would never touch their work in a million years. Right. Those are the people, the people who are like, I'm going to put out 30 books a year because I want to make money from it. And that is the part of it I care about. Yeah. I'm not shocked that they could find people just like I, you know, will not be shocked when they find actors willing to give up their faces. That's right. Um, uh, it's yeah. that the thing is there, like, there's so many different ways to look at this, but it strikes me as being approaching critical mass in the sense that it's really kind of an existential thing to me in a lot of ways, because of course the labor side of it, all that stuff is very, very important. But when we like when we start to let go of this idea of being able to express ourselves emotionally and creatively, I mean, <laughs> what are we like? Yeah, this is we're talking about like humanity here. <laughs> like this is a fight. Yeah, it's like, the people who yeah. don't express, who don't possess. I think creative skill and are mad that like money can't buy everything and are trying to find ways to let money buy everything yeah i mean you have people who buy blue checks so that they can feel popular and funny and heard and you see it these are all symptoms of that disease of trying to find a way that money can buy everything and frankly this is elon musk's whole life yeah right you know trying to prove there's not one thing money can't buy and this is what it is so now it's money can buy my skill you know that I can be an author when like, that's not a, that, that should not be a thing you can buy, that you can be an artist, that you can be a musician should not be a thing you can buy. And guess what? You're still not buying it. <laughs> you are making music. Are you going to feel your soul in what you've made with AI? Like, I don't know. Um, it's, but it's, yes, there's definitely a whole existential, yeah. like, do you care if the soul is gone from your work, from it's, the art that you consume? Like I'm okay with AI in almost every other way, <laughs> like except creatively express, you know, expressionistic types of things, right? Where, um, where that human, it, this is why we don't understand the human consciousness. This is why we can't replicate true artificial intelligence because we don't understand that side of of human existence, right? The emotional side, 
um, the cre the creative side, all these things. There's a reason they can't re replicate that in a machine, right? But there's also a reason they're trying. You know that. No, no, I get that. I get why they're machine. trying. Like, oh yeah, we have yeah. failed in that. Like, why is the future not that? You know, yeah. we're trying to automate the tasks we don't want to do. Yeah. But we are using AI for creative endeavors. Yeah. And it's because the people driving this want to be able to do a thing they do not possess the skill to do. Right. And it's like to see that driving society, basically them being big whiny man babies. Yep. Driving everything in society right now is like. Okay. It's yeah, I hate it. I hate it uh, again yeah. on, 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 on these for these avenues. Certainly like if, if we want to use AI to to for medical things to make to cure, you know, diseases and stuff like right. Where do, where can I donate? But um, for the for creative expression stuff like the, the real human side of, of what makes us special and unique um yeah stay the fuck leave leave it alone stay the fuck away yeah. these people are trying to buy <laughs> yeah. their way into yeah. being creative yeah. and unique that's all it is and it's yeah. so maddening just do what i do and if you're not creative and unique talk to people who are <laughs> <laughs> i live vicariously through them that's isn't that what humans are good at oh god um anyways it's fucked up it's weird uh and it and yeah. like like you were saying it's 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 so fast it's exponential and uh like you said two months ago we were talking about just the one thing and now all of a sudden here we are yeah anyways it's never just the one thing but... no no of course not no yeah yeah let's talk about um something that is uh human and real um your books um let's start with quickly though let's get to out of our league what's give me the skinny on out of our league I don't really think it's really fun. First of all, Jennifer Icapelli is so fantastic to work with. We're like the two most type A people in the world. Awesome. And every time one of us is like, we should do this really neurotic organizational thing. The other one is like, I already did it. Um, <laughs> it's great. I love working with her. Um, so she and she is much more of a sports person and I am much more of an anthology person. Um, but, you know, sometimes you just need both. Um, so we had this idea like a billion years ago to do... Um, an anthology about girls in sports because there are some really great stories in YA, but they're still pretty few and far between. Mm -hmm. Plenty of sports about which, you know, I know zero books. Um, we had this idea and we kind of just like talked about it, let it drop. And then, then like a year later, we were like, we should pick that up. And it was like just as I had left my agents and before I signed with my new one. And I was like, all right, I'm not doing anything. And we just like quickly wrote it out, wrote our wish list. And it just, happened which is great so it is 16 stories which is cool it's the biggest anthology i've i've done in that regard um and it's just really fun stories about girls in sports at varying levels of competition which i really like like my story is incredibly amateurish and frankly just like fan service of my time at you know being sports staff at jewish summer camp um but there are people who wrote like olympic level um, or like really strong hobby level, there's high school sports. So it's really, I think, very something for everyone on the sports front, whether you think you're into sports or not. And it's also a cool variety of sports. Like, yes, there's football, basketball, soccer, but there's also um, like climbing, golf, archery, cross country, um, lifting, wrestling and boxing, wheelchair tennis. Um, yeah, I, I think it's really fun and cool. What, um, yeah, because I'm not like super into sports. So is it like, is it really sportsy or is it? So some of the stories are really sportsy and some okay. of them are more sport themed other stuff, you know, more 
coming of age, self-empowerment. Um, there's still, you know, the, the sports element is, is pretty strong in most stories, but some of them are much more technical than others. I mean, we had authors coming from different places on the technical expertise level too. Yeah. Um, you know, some of them we brought in because we knew that they do sports as a hobby, whereas some of them were you write books about sports or yeah, um, some of them are, don't do sports at all, but are sports obsessives. So, um, so it's a real mix. There would definitely be stories where you were like, this is too sporty for me, but there are a thousand percent stories. I think you would enjoy just if you like contemporary fiction. I mean, if it serves the story, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying I'm yeah. opposed to like story right. or sports centric stories, if it serves the story, but yeah. a lot of times it's, it's a fine line, isn't it? And I was talking to someone else about a book and they wrote a book that, that is a, a, a baking based one. So baking competition and stuff. Right. Which is a really great um, Adiba's competition books. Adiba's book, Do's and Donuts coming out. Yeah. yeah. I'm very excited for that. It's so great. Um, And, you know, we talked about sort of that fine line where you can take a reader out of the story. If you get too, you don't want it to be a manual. Right. So you always have to remember it's a story first. So, yeah, that's what I loved about, I mean, even Home Field Advantage, I thought was great for that. Like it doesn't, didn't, you know, I didn't feel like it wasn't like football, football, football. You know what I mean? Like it's, um, you always made sure the focus was where it's supposed to be. So, um, but it's I, it's very dependent on your reader because yeah, you yeah. Know, when it's baking stuff, which I'm really interested in, I love that. Um, so, like I read, uh, I can't remember uh, the Golden Spoon by Jessa Maxwell. It's an adult mystery, like Great British Baking Show inspired. Yep. Uh, Great British Bake Off. Sorry. Um, and there are like real baking tips, like like in the content and i'm like i love this not not like separated <laughs> out like you learn things from reading it and i would like sure. stop and read to my husband who's really into baking and i'm like did you know blah 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 and i love that personally um so sports it really is going to depend on what kind of reader you are but i sure. think most of the stories will have appealed to everyone there are one or two where yeah if you're not a sports person and you don't like it being really technical you're going to be like this one's not for me okay um I'm excited for that. I I like your anthologies very much. I always enjoy them. So yeah, I'm very much looking forward to that. Um, what's what lands better? Like what sounds better to your brain, Adlerverse or Daliaverse? This is a good question. Um... <laughs> Should we do it? Is this is this a Twitter poll? Should there be a Twitter poll? Yeah, you could Twitter poll. I like <laughs> the truth is I don't know another Dahlia or another Adler writing in the same space. Right. Um. I like Dahliaverse because you know what? My cousin, whose last name is Adler by coincidence, we're actually second cousins. And okay. my mom and his wife are first cousins who both married men with the last name Adler. No relation. Weird. Um, So to me, like he got to really take Adler first and be like the Adler of authors. Mm-hmm. Whereas Dahlia in fiction feels like mostly mine. Right. Yeah, so I think if, if I, you... I like if... Dahliaverse. I think that's my vote. I like Dahliaverse too. And I think, I think that's like anytime, which isn't often because there just isn't a lot of Dahlias in the world. Um, not in my world anyways. Um, mm-hmm. When I hear Dahlia, I think of you. So yeah, I think that's like, that's your thing. It's like your sting now or Prince. It's like Dahlia. <laughs> it's nice because nobody <laughs> sure, I think, yeah. thought of my books as like, people didn't really think of them as shared universe. There were no clues to really. Well, that's, what, that's my, was this yeah. really fun opportunity to be like, surprise um that's my first question that's what yeah. i wanted to, that's what i wanted to ask you so first oh, okay sorry <laughs> no no that's fair but let, let's first obviously yeah. let's do the what is going by coastal about so going by coastal um which until it got its official title was biting doors 
is um, bisexual sliding doors. Basically, a girl named Natalia has to decide how she wants to spend her summer. Her parent, she has to choose which parent she wants to spend the summer with. Her dad, who she lives with in New York, um, and her mom, from whom she's basically estranged and lives in L.A. Um, And so, you know, these mean having very different kinds of summers, very different relationships with the parents she's living with. Um, New York, you know, potentially comes with a love interest in... Well, it does come with a love interest, but for her, (laughs) the potential is still there in the beginning when she's making this choice of like this girl that she like keeps seeing around town and just has this massive crush on. um, And she's, you know, feeling optimistic. Maybe she can do something about it this summer. And then L.A., you know, the foreshadowing is her mom mentioning that there's another, you know, she won't be the only intern if she goes to L.A. and and interns at her mom's marketing firm. There's also another intern her age, um, a boy in New York. The love interest is a girl. So it's, you know, these two different ways, but the, 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 there's two different ways she can choose to spend her summer and the book alternates between the two of them. So you start off with these, you know, chapters before she's making her choice. And some people have gone into the book without reading the blurb and then are very confused why a chapter seems to kind of repeat. Um, But it's, it alternates between New York and LA summers. Um, And so you get to see both stories play out. um, And I think it's really fun. I don't know if anyone would do this. My brain just wouldn't allow for it. But I think the other day you you referred to it as a choose your own adventure type of thing. Yeah. Um, but there's no way like I could just choose one and not read the other one. You know what I mean? Like I, you, I right. yeah. you technically yeah. can. Yes. Um, but... <laughs> especially if you were rereading and you were like, I right. only clicked with the L.A. half. That's yeah. the only but you know, half I'm interested in reading. And you absolutely could read it and you, be fine. Without I mean, of course. The New York half. You of course can do whatever you want with your life, um, yes. but but might <laughs> but it I, would work. It would work, is what. Yeah, technically, yeah. there's an there's an arc to both. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, now, having said that, I I please anyone listening, don't do that. Read read both. Um, <laughs> um, I, I they're both um, a lot of fun for different reasons. And um, on on the L.A. story, um, Adam, I prefer. Okay. I prefer the the New York story, I think. Interesting. Okay. But Adam is such a sweetie. I don't know. I like Adam. He's so nice. <laughs> <laughs> I really do. Um, I really do. And I mean, when I prefer, say I prefer one over the other, it's like a like a a, a millim whatever a, a millimeter of a millimeter is. It's like just just a little bit more. Now, the reason though almost has nothing to do with the main characters, has to do with the side characters. Who, if you've read other books in the Dahlia-verse, you'll recognize mm-hmm. for sure. So, um, <laughs> Some yeah. people don't, by the way. There are people for whom it doesn't click. They're the same characters. I, I, okay. <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. Um, and not just this book, but yeah, there's, there's a home field advantage drop as well. So yeah, yeah, talk to me about that. Like, So you didn't set out to do this. Um, I didn't set out to do it. I don't remember at what point I had the idea to do it, but I love when people do this, when authors put cameos from the other books in there. And I was like, yep. I can do this. You know, they are in New York. Um, right. But then I just, I started off being like a little self-indulgent and I was like, I can be so self-indulgent. If this is stupid, my editor will tell me and, you know, or my <laughs> agent will tell me or someone and nobody was like, you have to stop this. So there are actually references to five of my books in there. Uh-huh. Um, if you count his hideous heart with um, 
the Cafe Bingo theme. Right. But there are references to the movie. They see a movie that is titled after one of my books. Mm-hmm. Um, there's references to an actress from one of my books. Um, and then, yes, you know, from Under the Lights. And then there's, yeah, um, Cool for the Summer and Home Field Advantage. Cool for the Summer is definitely the biggest one. Yeah. Um, that's also the book I'm most often asked, you know, are you writing a sequel? Will there be a sequel? Um, and there won't. But I always say, if you're, you know, if you want to know what happened to them, read this. So um, I think that's all the information you want about them, really. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, no, I'll take a sequel, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I need more. Um, yeah, I hear you for sure. Yeah, that's yeah. It just um, it, it's it's sort of like a yeah, I don't know if I need a sequel, but it like it's like I want to check in on them for once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I love checking in on characters. Yeah. Yeah, and this yeah, was yeah. a fun opportunity to do that. Now, did that. um did, was that like talk talk to me about sort of like was that natural did it did, like did the opportunities present themselves or did you feel like you were like did you feel like I'm, I'm forcing it or like I'm, I'm no to, it no. totally felt natural okay. I felt like I could absolutely see this friend connection happening mm-hmm. um I went to NYU so it does factor into my work and often relate to you know if my characters are considering it or going there or something um so I had always planned that that's where Jasmine was going to go because I right. thought that was the right place for her. Yeah. And then I had always planned for Ellie to go there because I thought that was the right place for her. And I initially wanted to go to NYU for rock journalism, um, which is what Ellie does. She, you know, I didn't, I didn't go into it, but my plan was like, I would, you know, make my own major or something like that. Um, mm. So I, you know, the fact that I saw those two characters already being at the same school made it work very neatly um the, and then still worked with where i thought laura would be um yeah so i it was it was it was very natural to to put it in the home field advantage really tie in a little was it probably was a little trickier because <laughs> different yeah um but i love the throw in especially the end one with the roommate yeah, and the home cool. field advantage yeah it was perfect um i'll tell that you was what spontaneous Oh, was it? Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's perfect, and I especially love the line. Um, uh, I don't know if I should waste time opening the book here or just paraphrase it brutally. The thing about uh, oh, she's the head cheerleader is dating the quarterback yeah. of the football, and um, and um, she's like uh, Natalia's like, oh, I want to hear more about that or something like that, yeah. right? There's just something, right? There's something like, I'm like, yeah, I am my own best promo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, you're damn right. You're going to want to know more about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I it's did all... something similar in the like <laughs> epilogue of my self-published new adult books, where you found out what happened with one character. Okay, through, okay like a very okay. throwaway line at the end, and I really loved that. So it was like really fun to do that again. Right. And the same kind of thing. My other like major athlete main character, and finding out she becomes captain, basically. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You want to just get Natalie and be like, yeah, you're going to want to hear about this. It's a whole thing. Um, I'm very repetitive. I do the same thing. <laughs> oh no, over it's fine. Over again. It works. No shame. It works. Um, yeah. I really love the dad in this book. Thank uh, you. Yeah, he's so funny and 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 nice, and, and the both parents are great. Um, but uh, you know, the dad. I love, I don't know, maybe it's like the math side of Moraine. I love math as well. So it's like. <laughs> well, I was a math editor for 10 years. So there you go. Oh, perfect. From. Yeah. So I, I mean, really wanted to put some tribute to um that work in there 
That's and I was still working there when I wrote Going by Coastal. So I just really okay. I, I don't know if like I felt that I was going to be leaving that job soon, but I just I really wanted to fold that in somewhere. So that was a fun way to do it. Oh, so you you have left that job then? I did. Yes, yeah. I've been I've been elsewhere. Okay. Um, for um, almost a year. If I yeah, if I was um going on a date with someone, and I showed up and their parent either parent asked me like what's the Pythagorean theorem <laughs> like, <laughs> I would be so happy I'd be like yes I, you know, I'd be like I love this family yeah I would be yeah yeah I would be super I would be super stoked about that yeah yeah um Dahlia I really 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 enjoyed this book I enjoy all your books you. um it's just they're just so much fun I mean they're so fun and uh I always just get attached to your characters and and like I said I almost like I remember getting to the the one scene where um you know Jas jasmine and lara kind of just show up for the first time or whatever and the the description you know she's sort of like hanging on to the the way you describe this you know them walking and just holding under arm i was just like oh i just i think i felt i was so happy i was so fucking happy um thank you if this book makes any money i'm totally just gonna start commissioning art from it Yes. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. And that tie in, right. was so great. Yeah. No, it's all, it's so much fun. I love, but I, I love really it. want that. Like that whole group, including Lara and Jasmine. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that would be amazing. Um, Actually, I told myself that if it sold foreign, I could commission art and it did. It sold to oh. Brazil. So maybe I will. There you go. Perfect. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, they are great of course, and, and we love them, but, uh, you know this this cast the new cast adam and ellie and italia and the and new characters are um great they're all fun it's great your books are so much fun i love reading them um yeah they're they're just so much fun so uh, i really appreciate you coming on to talk about it and all the other not so fun topics that are <laughs> yeah. out there in the thank world thank you for but, having me for the fun and not so fun of course um dahliaadler.com lgbtqreads.com all the socials you're out there you're, you're not hiding you're in the fight you're in the fight so <laughs> i should be but i am not hiding and soon you will see that i am uh, writing for some new sites which i'm really excited about oh so. cool okay all right you well, follow we'll, me we'll, yeah. look, we'll look forward to that for sure and yeah i can't wait to read um out of our league so we'll, uh we'll have to uh we'll have to reconnect when that comes out so sounds good take care and we'll talk soon